So it's, it's very early in the morning. The dawn has hardly broken. It's still virtually dark. The morning trumpet blast from the temple hasn't yet been heard. And the city for once is quiet. Mary Magdalene makes her way through the empty streets. It's just half an hour to where she's going. A graveyard just outside the city walls. Her route takes her past the site of the execution where just two days ago she stood with the others and watched everything die. Watched hope die. Watched him die. Felt something within herself die. But this needs to be done. His beaten, pierced, sun-dried body had been ripped down from the cross and hastily laid in a tomb. Just as the Sabbath was about to start. Wrapped in a few cloths, but no time to anoint it properly with perfume to show the respect that befitted anybody and especially this body. So Mary is here by the tombs now, oil and perfume ready to do the right thing, a tender act of love. Mary's life had been chaotic, out of control. They used to say it wasn't just one demon that possessed her, it was seven. But then Jesus saw her in the little town of Magdala on the shore of Lake Galilee. People had shouted at her demons before. She had screamed at them herself. But Jesus just spoke with gentle authority. He told those demons to leave, and they did, for good. And since then, she'd experienced a peace she didn't know was possible. She joined the group who traveled with Jesus and his disciples, serving him as best she could, a bit of cooking, helping with the washing, talking to the endless guests who surrounded him. She just wanted to honor Jesus the best way she could every day. So today is no different. It's another day for honoring Jesus. If not in life, then in death. So she heads for the tomb, wondering how his decaying flesh will feel as she rubs the oil into it. It's the dawn of a new day. How do you meet the start of a new day? I wonder what it's like for you. Another, another working day. Another pandemic day. Another day in these uncertain times. How do you, how do we face the dawn? When the alarm clock goes off or when the radio wakes you up or maybe for some people it's the tug of a grandchild on the, or a child on the, uh, on the duvet that wakes you up. And maybe for some the TV is on auto time and it ushers you into consciousness in the morning. Do you 
see each day as another occasion for honoring Jesus, just like Mary did. Because that's what Mary had learned. Being a disciple always means today is a day for honoring Jesus. Anyway, let's go back to the tomb. Mary looks at the tomb. What happened? What happened? The stone had been rolled away from the entrance. What does that mean? Grave robbers? Body snatchers? Have the authorities confiscated his body? She takes a quick look round in case his body has been dumped somewhere nearby. No sign of it. And this is scary. She doesn't want to be here on her own in the graveyard. She needs to tell someone. So she hurries back into the city. She does it in in slightly less than half an hour this time. She rattles on the door of the home where Peter and John are staying. Shh, they say as she appears at the door. Everyone's still asleep. We were asleep, says a voice in the background. They've taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we don't know where they've put him, Mary blurts out. Well, we're coming right now, Peter and John say. And they set off at a trot. And the Bible says that John soon pulled ahead. Maybe John had been doing a lot of running. Maybe he'd been doing one of these couch to 5K programs and improving his running. In those days, of course, it would have been couch to 3.4 Roman miles. John soon pulls ahead for whatever reason, and he gets there faster than Jesus. Running breathlessly into the graveyard doesn't seem very dignified, but John doesn't mind. He recognizes the tomb, and he looks inside. There are the strips of linen that Jesus had been buried in, but nobody He feels Peter pushing him out of the way with typical lack of inhibition. Peter doesn't look from outside the tomb. He steps straight in there. Not only are there strips of linen where Jesus' body was, but he sees the cloth that was wrapped around Jesus' head still in its place. John can't see what's going on, so he steals himself and steps into the tomb as well. He sees it for himself. And later he will realize that it was in that moment that he saw and believed. His faith is based on evidence, on real events. It seems like an age that Peter and John are in the tomb. But it's probably only a few minutes. Then, amazed, trying to get their heads around this, they head off back to Jerusalem. Mary realizes something significant is happening, something important, and tears flow down her face. What's happened to Jesus' body? He's dead, but he's not here. He was buried, but he's gone. Plucking up her courage, Mary bends down and peers inside the tomb there are two strips of linen that they'd hastily wrapped him in she can see where jesus was 
But then she almost jumps out of the tomb when she realizes there are two figures in white standing there in the tomb. They must be angels and messengers from God. They are surely going to explain what's going on. But they don't. They ask her a question. Woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. This was the dawn of the day. But now comes the dawn of an idea. Can you see what's happening? An idea is beginning to form in Mary's mind. Is it possible? Is it just possible that Jesus is alive? She remembers that on at least three occasions, Jesus had said the Son of Man must be handed over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day will rise again. They'd argued about what he meant. How could he be raised to life? But is this the explanation of what Jesus said? Is Jesus now raised to life? And I want us to realize that this realization doesn't come to Mary in a flash. It's an idea that is dawning gradually. As I said a moment ago, Jesus could have come and knocked on the door of Peter and John, on the door of Pilate and Caiaphas for that matter, and said, Hi everyone, I'm risen, I'm alive, that's it. But instead, he allows Mary and the others time to discover, time to absorb what's going on, time to realize and to understand. It takes hours, not seconds to recognize the resurrection. In fact, for one disciple, Thomas, it's going to take a whole week before he believes. Let's understand from this that when God leads us and guides us, when he speaks to us, he mostly doesn't do it in a flash. It's usually a process, not a momentary revelation. He lets an idea dawn on us He plants it in our minds by His Spirit. And He gives us time to realize that it's from Him. I wonder if you can think of ways that God has spoken to you over the months or the years. I expect that mostly God has led you over a period of time. It's been a patient ferment, a sense that something is brewing inside you. An idea that some new call or change or direction is required. And after a while, you said, Lord, that's from you, isn't it? Think of the journey that led you to Christ. There may have been a very significant moment you can remember when you committed your life to him. But that was almost certainly the culmination of a process in which others have probably been involved. And your own thoughts and heart had been engaged for days, weeks, perhaps even months or years. As it dawned on you that Jesus was claiming your life and you were going to yield to him. The dawn of an idea. I wonder what the calling is that God is birthing in you at this time. 
I think that it's probably not been the easiest time for Peebles Baptist Church in the last in the last months, the last year or so. But what is God saying to you? What is God birthing in you for the time ahead? What is the idea that is dawning? Because God is always speaking. It just takes us a little while to hear sometimes. What is it for you personally that's jumping out of the scriptures for you when you read now? What is it that keeps coming to mind when you pray? What is it that's on your mind when you wake up in the night and you're beginning to realize, that's God saying something to me. This is the dawn of a word from God for you. So this morning, we've seen the dawn of the day. Another day for worshipping Jesus. We've seen the dawn of an idea in Mary and thought, what is, the, what, what is dawning in us that's from God? And this is the last thing. Well, we'll come on to it in a moment. We'll go back to the graveyard. Mary has just said to the angels in the tomb, they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. Before they answer, she hears a noise behind her and turns to see that there is a man standing there. He asks with that same gentleness, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? This must be the gardener, she thinks. If anyone has tidied up a misplaced body, it will surely be him. Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. The man simply replies, calling her by name. Mary? In an instant, she recognizes that voice. Rabboni, teacher, she cries, grabbing hold of him, feeling a real body, not a ghost, pressing her head against his chest. She can feel her heart beating fast. And she can feel his heart beating too, because he is alive. Jesus says, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Well, it takes Mary a moment to let go of him. But he's spoken. She knows she must obey his word in this moment as in every other moment. It takes her much less than half an hour to run back to the city this time and to tell the disciples, I've seen the Lord, and to report what he said. You see, this is the dawning of a new age. Everything has changed. Jesus is alive. He is risen from the dead. History has changed. And Mary is among the first witnesses. Some people have been saying, well, life will be never quite the same after the pandemic. I don't know if that's true or not. I will say much more importantly, that life can never be the same after the resurrection of Jesus. The nature of life was this. It was heading towards death. 
Since the Garden of Eden, there had been that promise. If you eat the fruit of this tree, you will surely die. And we all ate the fruit of the tree. We all rebelled against God. That set a pattern for the rest of, the his- rest of history. You will surely die. But now, another way has opened up. The death and resurrection of Jesus is the dawn of a new age when we can become uh, we, when we can be convinced of life after life because death is defeatable jesus has done it first and he's promised that he is going to prepare a place so that we can be with him some people ask whether jesus really lived and died and there is ample historical evidence for that But a far more important question is whether Jesus died and lived. And here today is the answer to that. The eyewitnesses saw him alive. These are the first of many eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. And if Jesus is raised to life, then his message is proved true. There is a coming kingdom of God. And through Jesus we can enter that now. His death on the cross is not a tragic tragic accident. But it's the way that God is at work through him. To save us from our sins and give us a new start. The resurrection of Jesus breaks down the barrier between the now and the not yet so that we can enter the life of God's kingdom right now. We can know God as our Father who is always with us now. We can know the life of His Son forever praying for us now. We can know His Spirit in our life here and now. So, on this day, There was the dawn of the day, the dawn of an idea, and the dawn of a new age. I guess I have just been telling you the story. I hope you don't feel robbed of a sermon. I hope you have heard the scriptures this morning, the facts of Jesus' resurrection and his encounter with Mary. But you and I have been drawn into that same story too. We by faith, have met the risen Jesus. And because of that, our lives have been transformed. Our lives are being transformed. And our lives will be transformed because of Jesus' resurrection. And that surely is a reason for a happy Easter. So let's pray. risen Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you and glorify you. This day, we're amazed again that by God's mighty power, you were raised from the dead. And that by your spirit, your resurrection life is in us and among us now. Lord, Give us that desire afresh to make each new day a day to serve you. Lord, let 
your word dawn afresh in us today as we listen for your voice and give us afresh the confidence that a new age has dawned and we live in your kingdom by your resurrection power. Lord, bless this church family with the delight in the risen Lord Jesus Christ, with the overflow of confidence in the gospel as the power to save all people, with the courage to live for you day by day. For the glory of Jesus. Amen.